here. Such an honor to get to speak to y'all tonight. It's been a while since I've been uh, on this side of the parking lot on a Wednesday night. I miss seeing everybody, but uh, man, no, uh, so I'm excited tonight. Um, Pastor Brad asked me to share if I would share some of my testimony with y'all tonight, so that's what I'm going to do, and uh, man, God has radically changed my life. Just in the, I think I've been coming here for two years, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I don't remember exactly when I started coming. But, uh, and he's used this church to change my life and the people here. So many of y'all had such a big impact on me. But uh, anyway, I want to, my heart is just to share what God's done in my life. So I think sometimes we get to thinking like a testimony is like this big thing of this like tragedy we came from. My life's not been a tragedy. I don't have a wild story like that. But man, what God's done in me and what I don't think, sometimes we get too focused on like our sin when we're telling our testimony. I'm not going to talk to y'all a lot about my specific sins, and I, I, mean, I struggle with stuff, and I've struggled with sin for a long time, but uh, man, it's more about what God's done, right? It's more about what God's done in me, and how he changed me, and changed my thinking, and it's more about him. And that's what I want to talk about, is kind of, I'm going to touch on how I used to think, and then the things he showed me, and I'm just going to touch a little bit on, like, some revelations, that he's given me that's just completely changed me. And uh, I don't have time to go super in-depth on any of them, so we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. So if y'all stay with me, I, I appreciate it. But uh, um, And if you have questions, like if I talk about something, come talk to me. You guys know me, so come talk to me. I'd love to talk more about it. But uh, anyway, so just to get going with uh, kind of how it starts. So I grew up in church. I grew up in Leedy, Oklahoma, grew up in church, and uh, I saved at 13, and it was awesome. I had an awesome youth group, some awesome people in my life, and it was real, and I loved God, and it was an awesome experience. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was, we sat on the, on the back row of the youth, and uh, man, I remember, and I didn't want any part of like going down front for any reason whatsoever, and I remember just being like terrified, but just feeling that love of God, and going down there, and uh, Man, it was an awesome experience, but, uh, you know, I didn't really know God. Like, I had that awesome salvation experience, but I didn't really know God. And I'd say probably from you know, 13 to 25, I grew very little spiritually. I did not have much progression at all. And I think a lot of people get stuck there where they don't know what to do and don't know where to go. They do love God, but they don't know where to go once they're saved, once that they're born that born-again experience. And uh, that's kind of, you know, that's a big part of my story is not knowing that and living with that kind of one foot in, one foot out, kind of trying to do both things. I didn't really know God. Um, so as I started getting into high school, I started getting uh, further away, I guess. I still love God, but I started compromising some because I didn't have that foundation of the word. I didn't have that foundation of a relationship with God. To hold on to, so I started compromising a little bit, you know, I would go do, th I wasn't necessarily doing the things that everybody else was doing, but I'd go just, I can just go hang out with him on the weekends, or I can go hang out with him on a Friday or Saturday night, and that's fine, because I'm not doing the stuff they're doing, and uh, so as I kind of got into college more, I started, you know, that line starts moving and moving, I don't know if y'all know this, anytime your uh, morals that you draw lines that aren't firmly set in the word, those things will just gradually move and move, it's not ever a big jump, that's the thing with sin too, right? Very rarely is it this big thing where we uh, 
we're just doing real good and then we fall into this horrible thing all at once. It's always a gradual thing where we start letting those lies, we start believing those lies, and then we just gradually fall farther and further away. And all of a sudden you look up and you find yourself somewhere you never thought you'd be because it's just a little bit at a time that if you're not founded in the word, if you're not found in the relationship with Jesus, that those lines will just keep moving. They'll just keep compromising. And that's, I mean, I, I, mean, like I said, I got into, you know, partying and I played baseball in college and, you know, the way we talked, we'd cuss in every other word at practice and everything and just living just like them, living super selfish life, just basically for myself. You know, I still uh, love God. I still go into church, still, you know, that was a big deal. I was at church on Sundays. I was going Wednesday night. I'd go to other things, you know, at college on campus Tuesdays nights, you know, sometimes three or four nights a week. But it was basically like I was living like almost like a double life. And I'm kind of sharing this stuff because I feel like, this is stuff people deal with, that they don't, they feel stuck, and they don't know how to get out of it, but basically I was, you know, basically living, you know, I'd hang out with my church friends and stuff, and, uh, you know, I was good, and didn't, didn't act bad, didn't talk bad when I was around them, but at practice, you know, it was just like everyone else, but I was in this, uh, this place of comparison, I don't know if any of y'all got caught up comparing yourselves to other people, anytime you get in that place, I guess a horrible place to be, because either one of two things is true, you're either comparing yourself and you're looking at them and thinking, well, I'm better than them, or looking at them and saying, I'm worse than them, and both of those are lies, and that's a horrible place to be, either side of that. Um, so that's what, I mean, I look at, that's what I was doing. I was looking at my teammates, and there wasn't any of them pursuing God. They weren't even going to church or doing it. For the most part, there was a couple that were actually living for God that, I'll just ignore that part, but uh, <laughs> I was like, I look at the ones that were doing worse, and uh, well, I'm doing better. I, you know, I'm better than them, right? I'm at least going to church, and I, you know, I go hang out and drink and do all that stuff. But I wasn't going that next step and doing the other stuff that they were doing, right? So you kind of you start to rationalize it in your head that oh, I'm doing a good job. I love God, of course I, love, you know, and that I mean, it's a it's a bad place to be because you think you're good. You lie to yourself. You believe these lies that you're just you're good and. Uh, and just don't, I mean, don't let that comparison thing get into you. Don't let that um, be a part of your life. Because, man, like I said, I thought I loved God. Like, I really thought, like, I was a good Christian. And, but you rationalize, you get to rationalizing the sin, and you get to rationalizing these things where it's like, well, maybe, I didn't really know the word, but you're like, maybe, maybe it doesn't really mean that, right? Or the preacher's saying, you're in the Bible, they're like, well, maybe that's not really what it means. Maybe it's... You know, we can go and do a little bit and do that. And, uh, but it's when your standard is, is of the world, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle with sin. And uh, like I said, I'd go to church. Man, and, like, sometimes we want to, like, really point out people's sin. And I'm not saying there's a place for that. You could have told me, hey, what you're doing's wrong. It would not have changed anything with me. I would have just rationalized, you know, you just rationalize your butt off and get to thinking that's right. Um, because even like, you come, I'd go to church and I'd hear good messages and the preacher would be preaching and uh, I'd agree. He's not talking to me, that's for everyone else. I'm a good Christian, I love God, right? He's not talking to me, that's for, that's for these other people that are really living in sin, you know? I mean, it's just, it's a horrible, it's looking back, it's just like laughable almost, like, what were you thinking, man? That's, I mean, that's what I want to talk about is that, that change of that thought process. I want to share this, how I used to think. I think a lot of people are in this place, a lot of church people are in this place, and I want to share how God can bring you out of that. Because, I mean, wherever you're at, even if you are come from a lot harder background, there's no background. There's nothing 
There's not anything or anywhere that God can't bring you out of. There's not anything too big. None of this stuff we think that we build up is like this big thing in our mind. It's nothing to God. He's already redeemed us from it. He's already paid the price to get us out of it. And man, it's, he's awesome. He's already done everything we need him to do. Um, but I really did. I always knew there was more, right? Yes, I really did. I thought I loved God. I always knew there was more. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to find it. But like, I had real moments with God. Like, I don't know if y'all have ever been in this, but like, I had real moments. I'd have, there'd be awesome services where I would experience God and I would feel God. Or maybe it was a time when I was reading my Bible, I experienced God. Um, I remember one time I went out to, uh, I played at a, it was a Christian baseball team in Ohio. And I went and played up there and we had discipleship. You know, we had Bible studies every single day for like two hours. And we went and we were supposed to, we were sharing the gospel like with other teams and other stuff. And when I was around those people, I thought, I mean, I was just on fire. Like I felt like, I mean, I got it now. And it took about a month and a half after I got back out of the environment and got back to school with, with my regular life that it was just all gone already. So, because it wasn't built on that foundation of the word of God. It wasn't real. It was living off, it was just based on my environment and other people's faith around me more than anything else. Um, so, so, how many of y'all would agree that God's love is unconditional, right? I think you could go to almost any Christian church in America, and almost everyone would agree with that statement. But I don't think it really was to me. And I think if you talk to people for just a minute, you can, re- you can find out that for a lot of people, they'll agree with that. It's not really true to them, right? Because we say that, but, like, we don't believe it because we still believe that God's orchestrating bad things. We still believe that he's the source of these problems, that he relates to us differently based on what we do, right? Deep down, we still believe that we have to do good for God to love us unconditionally. And it's not, it's not, it's, that's conditional. If we have to do something to earn it, that's conditional, right? So I think a lot of times, you know, what we do and how we live affects our relationship with God in the fact that it affects us, it affects our sight. It affects our ability to communicate. It affects our ability to receive from him and to live in what he's given us. But it does not affect God's um, relationship towards you. He's not changing. He already loves you. He does love you unconditionally. Um, and looking back, I mean, his goodness is so evident in my life. Like I said, he's, I can look back in moments where he was protecting me. He was keeping me. And, uh, Man, it really is almost overwhelming. Like, there were times, like I said, I didn't come out like a tragic life, but I put myself in situations. I could have died. I could have been arrested. There were times where, like, it's the, like, if you didn't know God, it would be a surprise that, like, some of these things didn't happen. But, I mean, you just, I can look back, and it's like, man, he was there. Like, he was always there. Like, he never left me. Even that, I mean, because I was born again when I was 13. I fully believe God never left me for one second. He was always there. He was always protecting me. And that just, I mean, it overwhelms me. It's just amazing that, like, even in those times, like, even when I was living like a dead man, I was fully alive in Christ. You know, I was still living based on that dead nature, but I was fully alive in Christ. And he was it's so heavy. He was so good to me that whole time. Um, so that's just a little bit kind of before. So I want to fast forward a little bit. So just in 2020 is when I kind of started coming to church here. And that's when God really, like, got a hold of me, when that really changed my life. And uh, I, uh, 
probably had made. I pursued playing baseball for a long time and really had that dream. I thought I was going to do that. And there was more of it that was based out of fear that I didn't know what to do once it was going to be over. So I just kept pursuing it and kept doing it. And finally, uh, 2019 was the last year I played baseball and uh, started working and started working here in Woodward and kind of just got to a point where, like I said, man, that's gone. And I know there's more. I know there's more that God has for me. I know there's more to this thing than what I've been experiencing. And uh, at my church I was going to in Hammond at the time, there was a uh, traveling ministers, a couple, their names are Trey and Heather Johnson, they're cowboy ministers, he's a team roper, and I got out TV shows, they're on TV in Texas and stuff, but uh, they're awesome, and that was the first time it really, like, where I was really exposed to, like, the true, like, love and the power of God, because these people had something I didn't, you know, they, they seen, I thought I knew God, like, they knew God, right, like, they actually knew him, like, personally, and they talked about things, they talked about things with boldness and power and authority, they talked, you know, about healing the sick, they talked about raising the dead, they talked about speaking to storms, they talked about these things as if they were real, not just theoretically, they told stories about these things showing off in their life, and, uh, and we had a kid in our church that was dying on the arena floor that, he laid hands on his pulse, picked back up, and came back to. And so, like, I had that connection where it was real to people. I knew people, right? And I don't know if I hadn't heard that or it just never been real to me. But like, these people clearly had something I didn't have. They clearly had a relationship with God that I had no idea about. So that just kind of lit a fire in me, and I just made a decision like, I want that. Like, if somebody's got more, if somebody knows God more than me, I want it. If there's something else that God has that I'm not experiencing, I want it right? And uh, I just made this decision, like, I'm going to believe the Word of God no matter what it says. Like, right? That sounds wild, like, to think about, like, a Christian that believes the Word, that believes the Bible. But that was the first time, like, I'd, I'd read my Bible, but that was the first time I ever, like, actually got in the Word and, like, started looking, like, God. I remember, like, praying, you know, God, I give everything. Like, I don't care what I've been told. I don't care what I've heard from pastors or preachers or teachers, I don't care what I grew up thinking or what I've been taught or had these ideas since I was a little kid. Like, I'm going to believe what your word says, even if it sounds crazy, even if it's directly against everything I've believed my whole life. And man, that, that is my story more than anything. That's what I want to get into more. Is My testimony is I start believing the word, and the word works, right? Like, the word of God has power, and it will transform you. And there's so much better stuff in the word than what we've realize than what we've given credit. And that's why this is just a, I'm going to touch on a few things where it's just the word coming to life, where different parts of the word came alive to me. God showed me things and used that to transform me. And that's still happening today. And that's still happening more and more, but I've just got like a little taste of it. And man, I just want more and more because it's so good. Um, and it's, it's so good. And that's what, you know, that's what led me here. I'll be honest with you. I came, uh, I was looking at different churches in town I started working up here and was going to move up here, and uh, I tried out a few different ones. Woodward First Assembly wasn't on my list to look come to. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I'm just, I'll just go to some different churches, and uh, my pastor from Hammond, he told me I should try this one. I came a couple times. It's like, I didn't really want to come back. I don't know. That's not me. It's not very nice. Everybody was really nice and welcoming, but uh, I, it's, just, it's just different than I grew up with, but I just knew, like, I felt like, I didn't know what it, I didn't understand at the time, but I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to be here. Like, right? Like, I was just like, okay, like, I guess I'll just, 
I'll keep going there. And it's just, it's just been awesome. It's like I said, so many of y'all had such a huge impact on me since then. But uh, anyway, that led to, uh, like I said, coming here and started being exposed to some teaching about the Holy Spirit, started reading in the Bible. Actually, like that's real. That's actually in there. I didn't know that growing up, but <laughs> I mean, that led to me getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, man, that's when it really like came alive. The word came alive, right? Like I start reading my Bible and like, I, this thing of stuff couldn't have been in there before. I had read it. This stuff couldn't have been in there this whole time. But it was like it was, it was like I'd never read it before. I mean, the word just comes alive, and that's what God wants to do, right? Like, it'll st- it's still like that. Like, I'll just keep reading stuff, and it's just, it's brand new. Like, there's brand new revelation. We never get to this point. I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking, like, well, I'm a good, I got it now. I, I've kind of started to get it, and man, it never quits. Like, we're only getting started. Like, everyone in here, and some of y'all are way ahead of me. But, like, we're only getting started. There's so much more. There's so much more for us that God has. Uh, and like I said, that, that was the first I'd ever been exposed to that. And that led to, you know, I kind of became, like, upset. I love the stories of the miracles and the supernatural power of God. I didn't know this. I didn't experience any of this growing up. Like, that was all brand new to me. So that, like, started the idea that this was still real and this is still happening today. And God still wanted to do this. Just, I mean, that blew me away. I, was, I mean, I started reading and searching, and like that was what was coming out to me. And uh, man, I, I started to experience some of that, right? Like, I remember, uh, I don't know, that first summer I was here, I started to, there were a few times where, I don't know, probably 10 times where I experienced the Word of God, where I started believing that you could speak to the problem. You, that was actually real. And man, whether it was just, it might be when my head at the time was smaller stuff like, headache or an upset stomach, but it worked, right? And then I really started wanting more. And I remember uh, one quick story is uh, I was at the, I went to the gym one morning real before work, early in the morning, and I was doing stuff I always do, and uh, doing some box jumps or something. I remember like jumping and like my spine, like I felt my spine move. And uh, I've never had anything like that before. Like I had back trouble in the past, but I like felt it move. And like I'm talking, I couldn't move. Like, I tried to, like, get down the floor and stretch, and it, I couldn't hardly get off the floor. I thought I was going to have somebody help me up. I couldn't even, like, take the weights off the deal I was using and, like, put them back. Like, it was all I could do to, like, quit and, like, take a shower and get to work. And uh, I remember just being miserable all day, and the chiropractor got me in, and uh, I went, and, and he uh, basically told me, he's like, hey, you're going to have to come back and get x-rays in the morning, like, and we're going to have to look at it because he did some stuff. It didn't do any good. I remember I couldn't sit in my office for more than five minutes at a time. I'm talking like just it was horrible for me. You know, it was, by the way, I'm not the toughest probably, but it was I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And it was like just that intense pain. And uh, I remember I was on my way to um, after work, I was on my way to the Bible study and uh, I was driving. And like I said, I've been I'd experienced a little bit of this power of God, I experienced a little bit of that. But uh you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I started, you know, I got mad. I started getting mad, you know. And I think that's these things that come to take what God's given us can come to take that. Like, that should make us mad when something tries to steal what God's given us. And God's given us health. So if something comes to try to take that, that should make us mad. We shouldn't just accept it. And uh, like I said, I was new to this. So, I, was, I mean, I remember in my car driving, and uh, I just started rebuking it. And uh, I said... I think I said something like, Satan, if there's any Satan or any devils around here, like, <laughs> just, 
let go or be gone from me and and in G, and like before I even got Jesus out, I'm telling you, it was like somebody let go of my spine. Like, right? <laughs> and I didn't like it was brand new, right? I didn't know any of that. And it was so cool. And I remember getting out, I stopped uh, at a gas station and I got out and I could touch my toes and I jumped up and down a couple of times. It probably looked crazy there, but uh like this was real. And uh I went back to the chiropractor the next day and uh like I said, he was gonna send me to get a x-ray. And uh, he looked at it and looked at me. And he's like, man, he told me, he's like, this is like a completely different spine. It's like it's brand new. And I had hardly any back. I mean, it was gone, like, right? Like, I didn't have any. It was just like, let go. But I mean, this works. The power of God works. And this is just kind of my, like, introduction to it, right? Like, it was the first, like, big thing in my mind that happened. So once you get a taste of that, man, I'm not going back. But uh, anyway, so kind of the next thing. I'll go into, like, I remember just being amazed by the presence of God that I could, like, like I said, I experienced God occasionally at church, like, awesome services, but when I first got to the point where I could, like, experience God and, like, feel his presence anytime I wanted, like, where even if stuff was going wrong and stressful and stuff at work, where if I just stopped for, like, half a second, I could be there, like, be, felt like I was in his presence, and I know now, like, I'm always in his presence, like, he never leaves, even when we don't feel it, we're, he's still there. He's no more or less there when we feel like he's in our presence. He's no more or less with us when we're at church or at work or anywhere else. If you're born again, he is fully with you all the time. And then I started getting into like his promises. And like I said, I'm studying the word and it's like the first time I ever read it. And realizing like these are for me. These are for me and they're for they're now. All the promises of God are for me today, are for me right now in this life, right? So you read the Bible and you see something that's for me, and especially if I'm not experiencing it, well, that's for me, and I'm, that's now. And you speak it and pray, and it's just, that was a revelation to me that these things, like God actually has good things for me. Like, uh, he actually wants to bless me. And that, uh, that said, that continued just change of my thinking and change that God made in me, where I started to realize, like, God really does love me, Right? Like, it is not conditional. Like, of course God wants to bless me. Of course God wants to bless you, right? Of course, he wants what's best for me. Like, if I do nothing, I remember, like, getting this revelation, like, if I don't do anything for God, if I don't fulfill any of the purpose he has for me, if I sit on my hands my whole life and die and go to heaven, God still loves me just the same. He loves me whether I'm doing what he wants me to do or whether I'm not. Now, we will live a way better life if we do what God wants us to do. And we can live in the blessing and live in the promises of God. But it does not affect his love for us. It is truly unconditional. And when I first started to get that, like, that just blew me away. And I, I want to stress that, like, it really is. Like, God loves you completely unconditionally right where you're at. And he wants to bring you out of whatever you're in. He wants to deliver you from whatever you're struggling with. He wants good things for you. He wants to bless you. His love for you is he loves you as much as he ever will. No more, no less. As much as he loves anyone else. As much as he loves Jesus Christ, he loves you right here tonight. And uh, another thing that really changed in me, I used to try to do good because I knew I was supposed to. Most of my life, I tried to do good. I tried not to sin because I knew I was not supposed to do that. I knew I was supposed to do these things, so I tried to do those things. And uh, I think when we do that, that's fine. Like, that's good. Don't sin. You shouldn't sin. It's 
it's dumb, but when you realize that, like, you can really start getting the law that way, where you're doing things just because you know you're not supposed to, and then you feel just horrible about it, and like I said, I didn't, before I knew that God loved me, like, you, that would vary based on what I'd seen. I'd feel like I wasn't as close to him, like he didn't love me as much. But, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 5.56 says, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So when you put yourself under the law, you are empowering that sin. That's where a lot of times I struggled with sin, where it was like an habitual thing. I wanted to stop. I wanted to get rid of it. But I was focused on that. I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. So I need to stop. That empowers it. It didn't work. It never worked. It wasn't until like... uh, you know, I realized that, no, God tells us not to do these things. He told me not to do these things because they're bad for me, because he loves me, and these things are killing me, right? Sin produces death. Sin leads to death and destruction and destroys things. All sin hurts you. God's not trying to limit us in this life. He wants us to live an abundant life. But when I realized that this is actually, like, this is for me, too. Like, this isn't just... God making these rules, this is for me. Like God loves me, and he's trying to lead me and teach me how to live an awesome life. And these things are trying to take what he gave me. These things are horrible. It's kind of like a, you know, when like, like you teach a kid not to like, you won't let your kids play in the road, right? Like they don't understand that. Like so that, I feel like that's kind of where I was at. But when you grow up, you realize like, oh, that's for my own good, right? Like, that's why my mom wouldn't let me play in the road is because you can get hit by a car. And God's, you know, I feel like that's God with us sometimes. Like, he's told us not to do these things. And that was kind of the law was telling us not to do these things because they're going to kill you. He doesn't want that. And as we grow up and begin to actually have that relationship with God and grow, you realize, that, like, oh, that was for me. That was for my own good because you love me, God. Thank you. You know, it's, I mean, that's, I think we need to, when you realize that, that it's not, Whatever you're struggling with is not that God's mad at you. It's that he loves you is why you need to stop that. It's because he loves you because sin kills you. And they're like, if you know you're in sin, like, stop it. Like, it's horrible for you. I want to keep going. So I, I want to talk. So the next thing I remember, uh, 2021 was kind of like God really started revealing to me, like, purpose. Like, right? This is all so recent. Like, it's so cool. Like, I feel like... Uh, Almost like sometimes on like a month-to-month basis, I'd like look back and like not recognize myself because God's, I feel like he's just changed me so fast. That might not always be evident to everyone around me, but like it just blows my mind like what he's doing in my life, what he's still doing in my life. And uh, I said, I became obsessed with God. I always, with uh, purpose, with God's purpose for my life, I always believed like that God had a purpose for me. I had no idea what it was, but uh, I always believed that. And then when I began to realize that, you know, we've been, predestined for a purpose with God. Like, he's had a plan for us. He's had a plan for each one of you since before the foundation of the world. Before we created the sun, the moon, the stars, he had a plan for you. He knew you already. You were already in him. He already had that plan and knew you and a purpose for you and had a plan for you to be here in 2022 and still has a plan for you, still has a purpose for you. And like you were made on purpose with a purpose. No one's here by accident. No one just happened to be here or happened. He didn't just throw another person in there. It's like, oh, I need some more people over there, so I'll make a couple more. It wasn't like that. It's like he had that. You were intricately made. You were intricately designed. You had, he had that purpose back then. 
Like, that's amazing to him. When I first started to understand that, that just that blows me away that before he did any of that, knowing full well everything bad I would ever do, he still had that, still had that purpose. And, uh, you know, I started to come alive. Psalm 37, 4 through 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. That ties in with the purpose in like, that saying, I believe what that's saying, when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you see God, and you start getting to know him, he'll change the desires of your heart if you'll let him. That means he's going to give you whatever you want, but he'll change those desires. He'll give you new desires and then bring those to pass. I'll tell you what, there's no chance I ever wanted to be up here talking in front of people. I grew up terrified of public speaking. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I remember uh, at a Bible study or book study, taking turns reading chapters, like five people, and I was like, that gave me anxiety, like reading in front of people, like even that, you know? Like I avoided it. I used to sit at the back. I don't know if you remember when I first started coming. I'd sit at the back back there, and I would like get here like a couple minutes late and then like leave as quick as I could. Like I wanted to be as far away from the front as possible. But uh, like God changed you. God put new desires in my heart. He put that desire in me to like speak and preach and teach and share the gospel. And like, because he had that purpose for me. And I think he likes to take things that we're not naturally good at and use them for his glory, right? Because there's nothing in this story that's me. It's all God. It's all the word changing me. And he gives you those dreams and gives you those desires when you delight yourself in him. And uh, it doesn't have to be, sometimes we think that like God's purpose for our lives is going to be like this hard deal, like really, like this hard, burdensome thing. It doesn't have to be this hard, burdensome thing, Right? Matthew 11, 29 through 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, the best life we have is in the will of God, is what his purpose is. We want to do these things on our own and try to live outside of it. Then that's when life's really going to be hard and you're really going to experience bad things. When you get in the will of God and start pursuing his purpose for your life, like that's where you experience that peace. That's where you experience the provision, that's where you really experience God's glory. Like even things that might be hard, they're not hard when you're in the will of God, when, you're, when he's the one sustaining you, right? And uh, man, like I said, I just began to discover my purpose and began to believe that like God had called me to preach, he called me to teach. I started letting myself, maybe like for the first time in that area, like when I started like dreaming, like I'm not talking like at night, but like you know, meditating on the future and thinking about things and like seeing myself doing things. I started seeing myself doing what God had called me to do. I remember spending, I still do, like, I see myself doing what God called me to do. I see myself speaking. I see myself preaching. And, and that's important. Like, whatever God, if you know what God's called you to do, like, start to vision that. Start to see yourself doing that. Start to speak those things into existence. Start to, start to meditate on them and just, if you can see yourself doing things, that's so big, you know, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Like our imaginations are so important. How we see ourselves is so important. If we see ourselves broken, busted, and confused, and hurt, and in pain, if that's how we see our future, that's going to be what comes. If you see yourself victorious, if you see yourself living in the purpose of God, living in the will of God, living in the blessing, that's what's going to come, right? Proverbs 4, 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How will you see yourself out of your heart direct so much of your life? It affects everything. It's going to affect how you relate to God. It's going to affect how you relate to people. It's going to affect how much of God's purpose you fulfill in this life, or if any at all. You know, that's, man, God has, I do want to stop. Like, God has a purpose for everyone in here, 
And like, you're not too far gone. Like, you're here, right? Like, that purpose is not changing. If you're still here, he still has a purpose for you. And uh, man, I just want y'all, like, I want y'all, everybody to know that. Like, cause sometimes we do get to feeling like, well, I missed it, or I should have done this back then. It has not changed. It has not changed one bit. God still has that full purpose for you. Um, anyway, kind of the next thing I want to go on to is, you know, when I started to realize who I am. God started to show me who I am, what my identity is. And because uh, knowing what you're supposed to do, so really, I can tell you some of what you're supposed to do. Knowing what you're supposed to do is not going to do you any good if you don't know who you are. Right? Our identities have to be based on Christ. They have to be based on the Word and based on who God says we are. Um, and that's when I start, really started to get this, you know, this idea that, you know, we are a spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body. And that separation is real, Right? That in my spirit, when I'm born again, I'm born again one with Christ, one with Jesus, right? And you know, we have to renew our minds, but I'm born one with Jesus. My spirit, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm at peace. I'm prosperous in my spirit. I have it in me because I'm one with God, right? I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, heavenly places, right? And it, this is the real me. This is the real you. This born, if you're born again, this is the real you, one with Jesus. All these things are already true about you. We have to renew our minds, you know. We get caught up so often. I struggled with this for a long time. And it's, you know, it's an everyday thing, but caught up so much in our feelings, right? We want to talk about, I feel this way, I feel this way, I know the word says this, but I feel this. And man, if your feelings are not lined up with the word of God, they're wrong. When I started to get this idea, when I started to understand that, like, no, I have dominion over my feelings. I can choose how to feel. You know, right? I'm not saying things don't get hard. I'm not saying your feelings are invalid. They don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay sad. You don't have to stay broken. You don't have to stay in this hurt, in this place of offense. You can change that because Jesus has redeemed you from that. He's given you the power to live free from those things. We're now, I say it's still a process. I'm not saying I've got there, but my feelings do not drive. I will not make decisions based solely on feelings. And sometimes you got to stop, and sometimes you got to refocus, and you know, and sometimes you got to speak to your heart, you know, but I will not make decisions. I didn't know that all my life I lived based on my feelings, based on how I felt, and this is really, this is something that, I mean, the last six months to a year that's really, I've just started to get, and it's an everyday deal. Um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, put off the former ways of life and the old nature, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new nature, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. That's what I'm saying. You see, when we're born again, we are fully born again. Our new spirits are born again. We still have that old nature, that residue of that old dead man, that sin nature is still there. That's why we have to renew our minds. We have to start living according to our new nature and put off that old way of life, right? You have to make that choice. We have to do that. And uh, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove was the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's that renewing of your mind. It's that knowing God and studying the word that changes things, that gives you the ability to live in that new nature where you don't have to live in these things. If Jesus redeemed you from it, you don't have to accept it as being a part of you. You have the authority over your life. You have way more control over your life than God does. Sometimes we want to say that God's in control and he's so, and doing all this stuff, and he is sovereign. He is the highest rank of authority, but he is not all controlling in your life. He only has control to the degree that you give him control, right? And, uh, you know, in that last part of that verse, you know, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove as a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. 
That's saying that you can experience the perfect will of God. By the renewing of your mind, you can experience the perfect will of God, the very best he has in your life, right? And the reason often we're not experiencing victory is because we're still living according to that old nature. And that, this might be the biggest revelation I had is that we can, um, you know, that this is actually real, that we can choose to live this way, choose to live in who God says we are, and we don't have to just accept these things that are not us. We've been made brand new. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, right? And then uh, the next thing I want to, I mean, that's just, like I said, I'm just touching on these. Like, I could talk about these for a long time, but we don't have time to go deep. If, if I'd love to talk to you guys more. If you guys want to talk more, I'd love to talk to you more sometime, but uh, um, come talk to me. But the next thing I kind of, that God started to show me after that, after he began to show me who I am, is really, I began to actually, like, know God more. Like, I was still, like, struggling to actually, like, know God like, I knew him way more than I had before. But, like, that's kind of where I am right now the last few months is just um, this knowledge of God, this relation. I feel like my relationship with God has just exploded, right? I've been to get, like, you know, John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? That's eternal life. A lot of times we think of eternal life as being in heaven. It's like, okay, I'll just make it through here, and when I get to heaven, then I can know God more. But then I can experience all these awesome things he has for me. But he's saying right here that eternal life is to know God, is to know Jesus. And that, that word know is talking about like this personal firsthand experience. It's talking about this like relational thing of actually knowing him personally, knowing him relationally. And man, we can know God here to we can know God right now in this earth. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to know God. You can know him right here, right now. And that revelation that that's, that has exploded, my, that's just made my relationship with God just explode. Like, I didn't used to have this. I didn't used to know this. I don't remember ever for most of my life ever praying and hearing God say something back. Like, that wasn't what prayer was to me. Like, the prayer was like, I had this list, and I didn't want to do it, and I'd make myself, like, sit down and go through these things and ask God to bless these people and keep them safe and ask him for these things and say amen and then go on and never think about it again. And uh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Prayer doesn't have to be this super religious thing where we, like, get real spiritual and start talking weird and, you know, where we start using thou's and these and get our knees and, you know, it doesn't have to be that where we're, like, begging God for all this stuff. Prayer is just... Like, that's good. You need to get away. It's good to spend time alone with God. Like, that needs to be important. You need to make that a priority. But, like, you can just talk to God like he's an actual person, right? And, man, like, he'll talk back to you, right? Like, you can have that communication where you actually hear from God, and he actually speaks to you. And that just, that's the best thing yet, right? That I can actually talk to the creator of the universe, and he talks back to me. That I have the Holy Spirit speaking to me and leading me all the time. And he wants to lead me in all truth. He wants to lead me in all righteousness. He wants to show me things that are going to happen, right? Like, we want to say that God's ways are mysterious and like all these things that we just can't understand the will of God. But the word says that he wants us to know things. He wants us to know what's going on. He wants us to know what he wants to do in our lives. He's trying to show us things. God's always speaking to us. We just got to learn to listen and we got to learn how to communicate with him. And I feel like I've just got a little bit of this, but it's so cool. Like I said, this is... 
this is my testimony of what God's done in me, and this is just, like, I've just started to get a taste of it. And I, love, I mean, it's the best part yet that you can actually talk to God. And God will have you doing all sorts of stuff. He'll have you going and talking to people. He'll have you going and doing things and telling you to do stuff. And, I mean, it's fun, right? Like, it's fun to communicate with God. It's fun to live in his will. Like, it doesn't have to be this super hard religious thing. Like, we can just communicate with God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So if you want to experience more of God, if you want to do that, draw near to you. He's already there. He's already inclined himself to you. If you seek him, you will find him. Like, that's a promise. It's a for sure thing. If you seek God, you're going to find him. If you desire a deeper relationship with him, and you pursue that, it will have come. That's freeing, right? Like, you don't have to stay where you're at. God didn't want us to stay where we're at. He wants us to keep growing, keep knowing him more. And, uh, I really have realized that the solution to all my problems is just knowing God more. I don't want to simplify things. I don't want to like simplify to the point where like these things aren't real that are going, people are dealing with. But the solution is just to know God. It is a simple solution. It's just to know God. And something I, first I've been meditating on a lot, and I just I love it. It's Second Peter one two through four. It says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord." Since his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that through these things you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruptions in the world through lust. First it says, you can experience more grace and peace through knowing God. So the first that says, and it says, all things have been given to us that pertain to life and godliness. Everything pertaining to life and godliness has already been given to us and is accessed through the knowledge of God, right? All you need to experience all things that pertain to life and godliness is to know God more. That's awesome, right? It says that um, he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these things, we might become a partaker of the very divine nature of God and escape the corruptions in the world through lust. There's a lot of corruption in the world right now. There's a lot of corruption that came in through, love, through sin as in the world. It's saying through the knowing of God, just by knowing God more, you can escape all that. You can live above that. You know, we can live free from that by knowing God more. And that's the answer. The answer is that, new, that relationship with God, right? That relationship with him, we're so aware of him that we can access all of his promises. We can live in his blessing. We can live in all he has for us, right? And that's, because I mean, it's by his, God's grace, right? Like by his grace, he has given to us, he's given us everything. He has inclined himself to bless us. He has opened him, he's poured out the blessing on us. And we just, it's just, the answer is to know him more, he wants that relationship with us. We just need to know him more and experience it, and we can receive everything he's already given us by faith. We don't have to beg God to give us things. We don't have to try to talk him into it or hope that we're good enough that he'll bless us. Like I said, what we do does not change God's heart towards us. He has done it. He says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, already blessed us. We just got to learn to live in it. We got to learn to receive it. And that's so freeing. Like I said, when I first when I started to get that, like, I'm not trying to beg God to get, do nothing. I'm not begging God to do anything. I'm just trying to learn, to learn to know him more and to live in what he's given me. And, uh, man, and that's, 
finish up here pretty quick, but uh, there's some things, like I said, this is my testimony. These are just some of the things God's showing me, and I believe it's just going to keep going and going, and he's going to keep showing me new things and keep showing me greater truths. I'm going to keep living more in his promises, but I got just like a few things that like I've got in my heart, and I'm not going to, like, I will not let go of them. Like, they're true. Like, God's word, it's true, and it's for me. Like, right? It is for me. All the promises are for me. And uh, I'm not saying this is the only way, the right way. When I say the word, I speak, you know, before I say, I ask him to show me the truth. I ask him, you know, I say, I quote the word, you know, God, your word is health and life and peace to me. Your word, Lord, is, it will, it will accomplish what it was sent for in me. It will accomplish what it was sent for in my life. It will prosper me in what it was sent. I just ask God, like, will you just show me more of your nature? I want to know you more. I want to understand your love and your goodness more. I want to understand who you are. I want to understand who I am in you. Almost every time I read, oh, that's how I started. I'm not saying that's the only way or that's the definite right way, but like, it's working. Like, I see God's goodness. I see God's love in the word, right? And it's for me. And so the next one is God really does love me unconditionally. Like, I fully have hold that. I will not let that go ever. And it's true of you too. He loves you unconditionally. And kind of the last one is, God is good. He's better than I think, right? God is good and he's better than you think. Wherever you're at, whatever your view of God is, he's better than that. And I said, I know some of y'all know God more than me. Some of y'all experience more of his goodness than me, but he's still better than that. That's odd, and we can just learn that. And uh, man, I think we just need to come into the agreement with the word. Come into the agreement with God that he wants you healthy, right? God wants you wise. He wants you to have peace. He wants you prosperous. God wants you successful, and God wants you blessed. But you need to agree with that and come into agreement with the word that God wants these things for me, and I'm going to have them. I'm going to experience them. You grab somebody. I think we need to grab hold of the promises of God and realize that they're for me. I'm not going to let them go. You're not going to talk me out of the promise of God because I've tasted and I've seen that God is good. And I fully expect the goodness of God to be on full display in my life. I expect to live in the blessing because that's what God said he's given me. He said he, in Deuteronomy 28, he says he will command the blessing upon you and it will come upon you and overtake you. God has commanded the blessing on me. He's commanded the blessing on you and it is coming upon you to overtake you. It is pursuing you. It is, try, it is actively coming. God is trying to bless you. He is looking for opportunities to bless you and to love you and prove himself faithful and to prove himself good for you. He only has good things for you. He is not the source of any of our problems. He's not the source of any of our bad things that are happening in our life. Jesus has fully redeemed us from the curse. He has redeemed us from death, hell, and the grave. He came so we might have life and have it more abundantly. And man, I expect to live in the abundant life. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to pursue everything he's got for me. I want to be everything he, what he created me to be. And I believe we can all experience that. We can all experience more of God's love, more of his promises. And don't accept anything that comes against those promises. I would challenge you not to accept any lie that tries to take that from you, that tries to talk you out of the promises of God. Man, believe it and lay hold of it and just expect to see his goodness because he's already done it. He is so good and he loves us so much. Man, I know it's after eight o'clock. Um, I'll pray with y'all here. I appreciate you letting me come and listen to me. I hope this blessed you. I pray it did. And, uh, and if you guys need anything, if anyone needs prayer or anyone needs anything or just wants to visit 
or wants to experience more God, I would love to pray with you. I'll let, I'm going to let you guys go in just a second, but if you, I'm going to hang around for a minute. I would love to pray with you. I know there's other people here that would love to pray with you as well. Um, and man, God's so good. Father, we love you. I thank you for everyone here tonight. I thank you for everyone, for your love for each and every one of these people. I thank you for your goodness in our lives. I thank you for your goodness and your blessing in our lives, Lord. God, I just pray peace over everyone here. I pray that you just open their eyes to deeper levels of your goodness, to deeper levels of your love, that you would just overwhelm them with your goodness. That you just lead us in truth, lead us into your promises, lead us in to who you created us to be, lead us into your blessing, Lord. We give you all praise and glory. God, you are so awesome, and I just pray peace and blessings over everyone here tonight, and I just thank you, God for your goodness. Thank you that you are so, so, so good, and you only have plans of good for us. You only have plans for peace and prosperity and goodness and love and blessing, Lord. That You are our sustenance. You are our sustainer. You are our source of strength. You are our source of all good things, because you have freely given us so, so much, Lord, and we just give you all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.